0: I'm Jane Mansfield. I'd like you to come along with me. I want you to share some of the wild way out experiences I had during my last trip around the world.
1: Jane Mansfield was on her way to becoming the blonde bombshell of the 60s, having already achieved a great deal of success as an actress, singer, and even early Playboy Playmate. Sadly, her life would end tragically on a highway outside of Biloxi, Mississippi. Her death was said to have been caused by a curse gone awry. But was the curse nothing more than a publicity stunt arranged by the founder of the Church of Satan? How did Hollywood's sex siren meet such a tragic and gruesome death, the paranormal aftermath? It seems that Jane's supposed curse lingered past the iron gates of her estate and into the lives of those who visited and lived within the Pink Palace's walls. But was it Jane's angry spirit responsible for the strange occurrences that scared off the estate workers and new tenants? Who knows? The ghost can't help it. This is the true crime and paranormal aftermath of Jane Mansfield, Hollywood's Blonde Tragedy.
2: Hello, everybody. This is Jason and Aaron, and we are the hosts of the For Better or Worse podcast. Like most couples, we have pretty different tastes.
1: There's a lot of things we agree on, of course, but it can be pretty difficult to find something to watch at the end of the day.
2: She likes comedies, love stories and dramas,
1: and he likes anime, horror, sci-fi and fantasy.
2: So we both thought it would be fun to force each other to watch our favorite movies, shows, or anything else we can think of and record it here for you guys.
1: The show is a lot of fun and it's not always torture. Sometimes we actually come around to each other's side.
2: We would love for you guys to give us a shot. So download, for better or worse, anywhere you listen to your favorite shows
0: and join us in the fun.
1: We can't wait to share our experiences with you. Hey guys, what's up? Hello. It's the moment you all have been waiting for.
2: My bar mitzvah?
0: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they, I'm coming out <laughs> I can basically just hear
2: every listener turn their podcast off No,
0: we're not doing this today
2: Sorry, friends
0: That's right.
1: It's bar mitzvah if it's a man, or a young boy
2: Bat mitzvah for a woman For young a woman, woman.
1: Yes. yes Oh my goodness, Bryce We're
2: so, I, I don't even know <laughs> We're so dumb, that's what we are <laughs> <laughs> Look, everyone, it's so hot in Los Angeles right now. We might be having heat strokes. So yes. send us ice cream yes. and please excuse our insanity. Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is so hot here. I swear to God. I, I thought I saw the devil sitting in our room last night. Yes. I really did. It is really, really hot. What What is today's temperature? A um, hundred and uh, it,
2: I thought hell? It was, I thought it was just a hundred, but we might be over that. Yeah. It feels worse in the valley anyway. It
1: does, because I went to visit a friend a couple of days ago in Long Beach, mm. and it was a nice, mm-hmm. brisk 72 degrees. Mm-hmm. It was so lovely
2: over there. It is a particular kind of hell to have to choose between like being able to afford your rent And like having a heat stroke. (laughs) Because that's kind of the choice. Like, yeah, if you want to live by the beach, like, great. That'll be $6,000 a month. Or you can live in the valley for the reasonable cost of
0: Uh
2: (laughs) $2,500. He said while weeping. Uh, But you will die of heat strokes. Oh, yeah,
1: hmm. for sure. It's all about location. Choices. Location, location, location. What are you willing to sacrifice for that?
2: that's too real yeah my health i know but fuck it
1: (laughs) at least i'm down the street from a starbucks yeah done (laughs)
2: that's all that matters he said sipping his starbucks
1: exactly guys we are armed with our starbucks today because if you've been following us on our social media you know that we're going to be talking about another amazing and very scandalous blonde bombshell or as we like to call the blonde tragedy jane mansfield Mm. i know so jane mansfield was a huge figure in the 60s and you know how we're gonna do in this episode in all of our episodes we're gonna take you through a historical walk through pretty much what we're gonna do is do a prologue Mm. of what a blonde bombshell was yes how this phrase came about and how the industry dumb down women especially blondes. Oh,
2: be prepared, friends. I'm going
0: to go on a <laughs> feminist tirade, the likes Both of, of us. which Both. this town has never seen.
1: <laughs> I was just like, are you fucking kidding mm-hmm. me? <laughs> oh. But it wasn't just blondes. It was it was all women. All women. All of them. But blondes were the main target. Yeah. Blondes really don't have fun. No. I mentioned this before in our Marilyn Monroe yes. two-part series. They really don't. Yeah. And then we're going to go into the characters of this Holly weird tale. And then we're going to segue into the strange relationship mm-hmm. of Anton LaVey and J- Jane Mansfield. Mm-hmm. Bryce is going to take us to church and preach about that, as well as the accident. Yes. And then the moment you all have been waiting for, ghosts. Ghost. <laughs> oh, Jane Mansfield, ghosts. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Booze with boobs. <laughs> Get out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like a 40 G six. Damn. Like a G six, like 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 uh, like, like a forty G six. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that's what that song was about. I knew it. I mean, wow. Yeah. I I, I mean, in my career as being a costume designer, mm-hmm. I think I've only encountered one woman with that bust size. Wow. And I, I mean, she really. Literally walked with her chest.
2: Yeah. Jane, I mean, you did would have too. to, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. How could you not? Mm-hmm. Even if you weren't trying.
1: hmm. Damn. Yeah. The girls. I'm here with the girls. Hey. 40 and G right there. Damn. All right, guys. So let's start with a little history <gasps> before we hit the mystery and the ghosts. Oh, and before I enter the prologue, we're also gonna be doing our drawing (laughs) for the spirit board. We decided to to do a little raffle with our friends at Paranormal Supplies. If you've also seen our um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, they provided us with our own special spirit board with our logo. Mm -hmm. Bryce was very excited
2: To receive it? (laughs) That is a word that we could use. Yes, yes. I have a list of some other words, but <laughs> sure.
1: Excited. Is, is, mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm, just start with that, mm-hmm. yeah. And they also gave us another one for yes. this amazing drawing. So we'll be so doing much. that as well after we talk about Me. the ghosts and our spiritual base. So real quickly, guys, let's talk about this blonde bombshell phase. Now, according to Wikipedia, because, you know, we got a Wikipedia mm-hmm. this shit. a blonde bombshell is a gender stereotype that connotes a very attractive woman with blonde. Hair in contemporary pop culture, it is often stereotyped that men find blonde women more attractive than mm-hmm. women with other hair colors. How do you feel about that? I feel like guys have a taste,
0: sure. Uh, and and
1: and let's not be you know you know prejudiced about this. Let both men and women have a taste. Yeah, I
2: do. I do have a lot of opinions about this. I personally. Love when blondes dye their hair dark. Mm-hmm. I find it so attractive because their eyes, like, because a lot of blondes happen to have blue eyes as well, right? And it makes their eyes like little laser beams. Because you don't notice it as much. Mm-hmm. I will say, I had a friend in college, and she, one friend, <laughs> uh, and she was blonde almost her entire life, and then she dyed it like, a chestnut brown. Ooh. And she, well, first of all, I told her to dye it, like, dark. That if she was gonna, like, do it, go, like, all the way. And Mm -hmm. so it was, like, I would say on a scale of, like, one to ten, it was, like, a four to five. It was pretty, it was, like, blondish brown, really. Um, And she had, like, full-on identity crisis because of it. She's like, you don't understand. People don't look at you when you're not blonde. She, like, changed and went back to blonde like weeks later
1: really and she was like a
2: big personality she was like really gregarious and fun and she was like in all of like improv and she studied at second city and oh my
1: god wow yeah
2: like so it wasn't that she had like a hard time being seen or heard or like making her presence known like she was such a fun enigmatic person to be around and she's like, people don't. There's something about blondes. When you walk in a room and people turn to see what that is, and it like gave her a full-on identity crisis, and she like went back to blonde for wow. the next like decade. And now she kind of dyes her hair red, which I think is kind of the new blonde. Ooh. If you like look at commercials and things yeah. right now, like every woman is like a redhead essentially
1: yeah well like i said before in our maryland episodes uh, a lot of the actresses now are going darker with Mm -hmm. their hair well especially with the kim kardashian the kardashian phase bless Uh, bless uh women are dying their hair darker Mm -hmm. because in the industry now it's been known and said that it's easier to light dark hair Mm -hmm. or women or men of color it's Mm -hmm. true and they're not casting a lot of blondes. Even my assistant a couple years back dyed her hair dark brown just yeah. so she could get more roles, Yeah, which is really odd. It's well, like the industry crazy. is fickle and stupid. Oh, it's very fickle. We're, it's always changing, ever we're evolving. In that
2: very aggressive, like manic pixie dream girl, like mm-hmm. Zoe Deschanel, Katy Perry, Blunt dark yes Katy perry pre-cultural appropriation like (laughs) come on but you know what i mean That's a a very like new girl and like all of that like she's so quirky and we're really trapped in that like moment right exactly yeah and obviously we can look at like film history and see that that is like a new development whereas Mm -hmm. like blonde bombshells really dominated the 50s and 60s. Oh,
1: we'll definitely touch Jeez. into that right now, even in the 20s with Anita oh, yeah, Loos. Right, right. Oh, yeah, Anita Loos popularized this idea in her 1925 novel, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, mm-hmm. and this was a very popular novel. And in the 50s, we even had Alfred Hitchcock preferring blondes himself, giving his cast of tragic blonde heroines the term the Hitchcock Blondes. Now, the blonde bombshell is one of the most notable and consistently popular female character types in cinema. Many showbiz stars have used it to their advantage, including Jean Harlow, Maine West, Marlene Dietrich, Marilyn Monroe, rest in peace, Jane Mm. Mansfield, rest in peace, Brigitte Bardot, Mm. Mamie Van Doren, and much, much more. Now, Jean Harlow started the stereotype with her famous film, Bombshell. And following her, Monroe, Mansfield, and Van Dorn helped establish the stereotype typified by a combination of curvace- curvaceous physique and very light hair color and with a perceived lack of intelligence. Mm-hmm. So at this time, yeah, they could look gorgeous and beautiful and voluptuous, but we're going to dumb them down.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: during the 1950s, the blonde bombshell started to replace the femme fatale as the mainstream media stereotype which Mm. is so true because if any of you guys have seen bombshell with gene harlow anything with gene harlow and Mae west back in the day Mm -hmm. women especially blonde women the women in general were strong they were very grounded and they Mm. were fierce and they were so quick so quick and carried this confidence Mm -hmm. and now we see how the industry in the 50s dumbs them down. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're still glammed up, but they're just completely dumb. Mm
0: -hmm. Now,
1: Majori Rosen, the historian of women in films, says of the two top blonde bombshells of the time were Mae West, firing off vocal salvos with imperious self assurance, and Jean Harlow, merchandising her physical allure for the masses, transformed the idea of passive female sexuality into an aggressive statement of Mm. fact. So true. But it seems as though the industry wanted to take a different direction
2: leave it to a man leave it to a man
1: because a lot of men at the time ran and called the shots Mm -hmm. in these studios in these production houses everywhere blondes yeah they were glamorous but they really didn't have a lot of fun guys Mm -hmm. they really they really didn't they were degraded and dumbed down Mm -hmm. and just wasn't blondes it was Everyone in the spectrum.
2: Literally, let's just start. We've talked about this many times in previous episodes, right. so I am sorry to repeat it, but it's you kind of can't escape it. How much control the studios had
0: oh, over? Yes.
2: It's not just women. I think women really got like one of the shorter ends of the sticks. I think a strong argument can be made for people of color any minority but like you look at Rock Hudson and like what they were doing to like hide his homosexuality oh yeah what they were doing to women you look at Judy Garland for Mm -hmm. example Marilyn of course where they're just
1: Judy had the worst oh just
2: ruining these people's lives because essentially they were moving props for the studios and that control that they had over them Mm -hmm. it was a make-or-break issue like You either worked for a studio or you didn't work. It wasn't like you, like. Back then, yeah, someone saying you'll never work in this town again was a real threat. It was. Someone says that to me now. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll go on PornTube. <laughs> Just kidding. I won't. Will work
1: for porn nowadays. Yeah. I mean, hey, five billion dollars mm-hmm. profit here in California. But
2: literally, like with the way that you can release your own content, oh, like yeah. someone telling you that you'll never work in this town again is laughable. Like, I know. Okay, I'll go make my own content. YouTube, then. Like, Instagram. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, back then, there was no, no other, if one studio was like, that's it, she, you can't work with her, no other studio would hire you. That was it. You were done.
1: That's true. I was reading um, this book, and I, I eventually want to do an episode on this real soon. Um, it's a book called Exit, no, uh, Girl 23. mm and it's a documentary and it's it talks about this poor young girl who is trying to make it big in the industry and she gets raped at this casting call. Mm-hmm. And how the studio execs and everyone who were related to these studios, how they try to cover it up oh, yeah. so, so much. And it finally came into light, this case. It, her case finally came into light again. And she was able to tell her story wow. without, you know, being threatened by these individuals and how the media got involved and how the media like really tarnished Mm -hmm, her image mm -hmm. how the studios really tarnished her image as well it's it's a crazy book Mm -hmm. and they also did a documentary on it it's just well look
2: (sighs) it makes me want to cry everything that's (laughs) been happening with harvey weinstein oh the me too all of the me too movement that didn't just come from nowhere it was grown and harvested in the fertile soil Mm -hmm. of celebrity culture and Hollywood in particular protecting men who did that shit so like oh I believe this is not just like a why did Harvey Weinstein start doing this in like the late 90s no he inherited a decades-long practice from the founding of this city Mm -hmm. I mean we say it every time this city is a garbage hole like People that come here know that they can take advantage of other people. And that's what happens. And then you have these beautiful women. Jane Mansfield, perfect example, moving here from Texas, dyeing her hair blonde. Mm-hmm. She really like knew how to play the system. But that system was stacked against them. And it's like, look, yeah, you can get famous if you're willing to do unsavory things. And she just happened to be. She's
1: like, OK, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. But she, here's the difference. She wanted to be famous and not and be taken as a as a serious actress, but you have to understand too, they're both yes. two very different things. And yes. we'll learn more about that within her story mm-hmm. in this Holly weird tale. Oh yeah.
2: Trust a lot of thoughts on that. Oh book. you do.
1: But hey, Burnett's Shocker. Burnett's too. They we have it tough. Oh, every we everyone. Look at Elizabeth Short, Black yeah. Dahlia. Selena, or as a lot of us Hispanics, and my mother included, likes to call her the Salinas, Mm -hmm. Karen Carpenter, and Lindsay Lohan. Mm -hmm. Lindsay Lohan was a brunette and a blonde and a redhead. I get that. But she's still tragic. Mm -hmm. All the way down to her vagina, she's still tragic. Oh, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Like,
2: you can look at her. And we do this. We sort of put these women in particular. Yeah. Sorry, I know we're really going on this. But it just gets me, like, so fired up. Because, like, we do this thing where we, A, Hypersexualize children. Oh, she's fourteen. She's so sexy. Like Millie Bobby Brown is such a good example. The it,
1: Millie Bobby Brown, Bella Thorne, yes, Selena Gomez. It's like look how yeah.
2: sexy she is. Like that is she's and fourteen. That's a fourteen year old. You don't get to talk about her like that. <laughs> and so then they hypersexualize themselves. Yeah. Look at Miley Cyrus. Look at Lindsay Lohan. Look yeah. at Amanda Bynes. And then we criticize them and sacrifice them on the altar of like propriety Mm -hmm. and then like judge them and like literally banish them for lashing out and for becoming addicted to drugs and for being crazy and for not Honestly, just being good, quiet girls who sit there and take it like that's what it really comes down to, and it's bullshit. It is because we do this, like, not maybe us in particular. Like, I don't follow publications that talk about women like that because Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. But as an industry on the whole, it's a known secret. That's why when you hear these things coming out about the Me Too movement, it's like, well, yeah, it's a known secret. If you slept with Harvey Weinstein, you probably got a movie deal out of it. Yeah. Is it right? 100% not, but is there always going to be someone willing to pay that price? Yes. yes. And if you remember in our Marilyn episode, yeah. we she talks about that in her diaries. Like, I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it, but I always knew mm-hmm. that there was a line of women right outside that door who were willing to do what I wouldn't be willing to do, and so I always did it. Mm-hmm. How fucking heartbreaking. It
1: is. It was and very, Jane very
2: Mansfield nice. was one of those women. Yeah. Literally, like yeah. just knocking at the door.
1: hmm They are all in line. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see and be these women on film. Yeah. And they were willing to almost sell their soul.
0: Oh 100%. very, very,
1: very terrible. Well, guys, it's at the point of our episode where we get to know these victims not just as victims, mm-hmm. but as people. And we start with our girl, Jane Mansfield. Now Jane Mansfield was born Vera Jane Palmer mm-hmm. on april nineteenth of nineteen thirty three in Bryn Mawr. Pennsylvania. She was the only child to Herbert Williams Palmer and Vera Jeffrey. She spent her early childhood in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Uh, her father was an attorney, and unfortunately, in 1936, he suffers uh, from a heart attack and mm-hmm. dies. And this leaves a very big void in little Vera's life. So in 1939, her mother remarries sales engineer Harry Lawrence Pierce, and the family moves to Dallas, Texas. As a child, she wanted to be a Hollywood star, like Shirley Temple, Mm -hmm. so she begged her mom to please put her in, you know, dance and ballet classes. Eventually, Vera graduates from Highland Park High School in 1950, while in high school, Vera took up violin, piano, and viola lessons. She also studied Spanish and German. She was very inquisitive. Mm -hmm. She was like the sponge. She wanted to learn more and more and more. Now, at the age of 17 in January of 1950, Vera secretly marries Paul Mansfield and becomes the mother of their first child, Jane Marie Mansfield and she spent the next couple of years juggling motherhood and college classes while her husband was in the army but in 1953 she discovered her love for acting and appeared in the stage production of Death of a Salesman Mm. which we just did at our job and I like to call it Death of My Sanity yes yes because it is a huge
2: thank, Arthur Miller show. Thank you, Arthur Miller. You've really done some great things, but damn girl. No,
1: that was a huge show yeah. to put up. It's it's pretty intense, but it could be a good show mm-hmm. if you cast the right people. Yeah. Living in Texas, she won several beauty contests, but few had any idea just how smart she was. Mm-hmm. She had an IQ of 163. Here we go again, vetting for this girl. She's really smart. Mm-hmm. Just like Marilyn, she's really, really smart. And by the time she spoke up to five languages five different foreign languages so she later admitted though that she knew the public didn't care about her brains they were more interested in her size and the size of her breasts you mm-hmm. see vera had a bust size of 40g 21 waist 32 hips
2: Damn. she really looks when you look at pictures of her yeah and like film especially like when she moves it looks like a barbie has come to life oh yeah like her waist does not look possible. You're just like, wait, what? I don't, what am I? Undergarments
1: back in the 50s. Oh, sure, of course. Because I took this class in uh, grad school about undergarments. And in the 50s, they were extremely restrictive. Mm -hmm. Women had to wear girdles with garters and hosiery complemented with a waist cincher or, you know, a tri-stretch corset. And that's what they did. It was like pull it all the way to the point where uh, it's a size 20, size twenty. Leave 21.
2: it to a man. <laughs>
1: Leave it to a man. That is the
2: theme for this. Seriously. To, like, invent something like, it's fashion. You'll just squish your guts out. It was Ugh. the
1: hourglass figure.
2: hmm So
1: um, she, with, with those measurements, she literally busted her way into Hollywood. Now, Paul Mansfield had hoped that Vera would lose her interest in acting. Oh, Paul. Uh, oh, Paul, Paul, Paul. But when she didn't, he... Ended up moving both of them to L.A. with little Jane to try to start a movie career. So both of them were actual, you know, Mm -hmm. starving artists. Between working at a variety of odd jobs, there becomes Jane and bleaches her hair platinum blonde while she studied drama at UCLA. Her film career began with bit parts at Warner Brothers, which had signed her after one of its talent scouts had seen her in a production at the famous Pasadena Playhouse. She started with small roles and then won a larger part in a dramatic film called The Burglar. And it wasn't released until two years later when Jane's career was at its peak and she was known for much different kinds of roles. Mm. And The Burglar was a very different role for her because Mm. it was a very serious film. Now, her big break came from a stage production will success spoil rock hunter in which she first appears wearing nothing but a towel oh gasp after that she starred in a camp comic film the famous the girl can't help it in yeah. 1956 yeah the girl Can't." i know help i started it. to the sing it. i was like that's never gonna
2: it. clear oh no <laughs>
1: So she played an outrageously voluptuous, beautiful, tone-depth girlfriend of a retired racketeer. The film features some early performances by the famous and late Fat Dominoes, the Platters, and my little favorite, Little Richard, successfully introducing rock and roll to many movie Mm -hmm. audiences. And this was a huge, huge film because in the 50s, especially in 56, this is when rock and roll was huge. And for this film to incorporate rock and roll and Jane Mansfield Perfect sandwich, mm-hmm. right there. Little Richard did the whole—I uh, think—the intro music mm-hmm. for it, the main music for it, and everything. So, in May of 1956, she signs a contract with 20th Century Fox and played a straight dramatic role in the John Steinbeck uh, Steinbeck-based film, *The Wayward Bust. Mm-hmm. She tried to get away from the dumb blonde image and establish herself as a serious actress, but she ends up winning a Golden Globe for New Star of the Year, mm-hmm. beating out Carol Baker. Mm. And Natalie Wood. Damn. Get a girl. In 1957, she reprised her stage role in Will's success, Spoil Rock Hunter, with Tony Randall and Joan Blondell, mm-hmm. two big stars. So mm-hmm. in January of 58, Jane divorces Paul Mansfield, mm-hmm. which was like, a very <laughs> sticky divorce. Hi, <bye>, Paul. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. But Paul didn't like the direction her career was taking her, especially after she went against his wishes to pose nude for Playboy. Mm-hmm. She was get offered, you know, Playboy fold, and he was like, don't do it. Don't. You know the type of women that pose for Playboy, Jane? Ugh because at the time, you, you were a certain type of woman if you did that. Sure. And Jane was a mother and she was married. So Paul didn't like it. Jane goes, <laughs> goes and um, poses for Playboy. She picks Playboy and her career over her marriage to Paul. Mm. So in August of 56, Paul Mansfield sought custody of their daughter, Jane Marie, alleging that Jane was an unfit mother because she appeared nude mm-hmm. in Playboy. So there you have it.
0: (laughs)
2: Oh, Paul.
1: (sighs) So Jane's heart was broken, but not for long. She continues to work and soon ends up meeting and marrying actor, bodybuilder, and Mr. Universe title holder, Mickey Hargitay. Yes. So Mickey Hargitay, guys, was born Miklos Hargate in 1926. He immigrated from his native Hungary to the US after World War II. He became interested in bodybuilding in the 1950s and was named Mr. Universe, Mr. America, and Mr. Olympia in 1955. He parlayed his perfect physique into a performing career with Mae West, because Mae West mm-hmm. had a performance with two muscle men, Hargate being one of them, and this is a this is a bit of a funny story, but this mm-hmm. is how they met. So it turns out that Jane stole Mickey from Mae West. Love it, and he was uh, one of you know Mae's performers, and they were, I guess, messing around. Mm-hmm. I think that he was her side you know, sure. side bay, let's just put it that Look, way. Look,
2: if you have a chance to sleep with Mr. Universe, you take that chance.
1: If you have a chance to sleep with Mae West, you take that chance. There is the there real you one. Go. Yeah, you're right, because
2: Mr. Universe is on testosterone. Good Guarantee. Ya, honey. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, she could get it. Put your two lips together and blow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where.
0: <laughs> I bet you will.
1: So uh, one evening, Mae and Jane were performing at the same event. Jane notices Mickey, and Mickey immediately notices Jane. They're both thirsty for one another. Mm -hmm. They talk. The chemistry is Mm -hmm. instant, and they become inseparable. May is pretty pissed off.
2: Uh, She's
1: really. Jealous, really pissed off, and Mickey tells her, I'm gonna go with Jane. Mm-hmm. And they end up being together. So Jane was the Becky with the good hair and the size uh-huh. 40G bust uh-huh. girl.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: So that's the thing. Let's talk a little bit about her bust and wardrobe malfunctions. Let's segue into this. You sure. see, Her breasts were another story, and even in the height of her career, they pretty much made her career. Mm -hmm. Her breasts were a part of her notorious publicity stunts that were arranged to deflect attention away from even the the famous Sophia Loren and Jane Russell. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, the
1: whole story, this is a famous story, with Sophia Loren during a dinner in the Italian Star's Honor, photos of the encounter were published and made. Because it shows um, the famous picture shows Loren raising an eyebrow or what I like to call the eyebrow of shade yes. at Jane looking at her like this bitch. Because in the photograph, Jane has this low, low, I mean, low it, cut yeah, collar dress.
2: It is defined. gravity. It is,
1: it is really insane. And um, prior before this event there was this movie premiere that Mm -hmm. starred jane russell and jane russell was doing promotions for it in this pool and she was wearing a bikini jane being like oh well i'm gonna just be you know just in the background Mm -hmm. in my bikini they see jane mansfield walking into the pool she takes a dive and oops her top accidentally with finger quotes tons of finger quotes Pops off. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh my god, my basufas are just way too big for this top. Like a 40G6. Yeah. Like, 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 like.
2: (laughs) And essentially, like, overshadows the entire, like, press junket. Yeah.
1: She was very thirsty for publicity. She kind of was. Yeah, in a lot of ways. She really was,
2: like, the first, like, publicity, like, seeker in that way. Oh, yeah. That's. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I think that is the main difference between like her and Marilyn, mm-hmm. is that Jane Mansfield, in my opinion, wanted to be famous. Yeah. She was willing to be famous at any cost and sought that more. And I think when you really look at Marilyn Monroe, she was more famous, but she wanted to be an actor, and you can see that in like where they spend their time mm-hmm. and like what projects they sign on to, and once they start like losing control, where their like respite and like energy starts getting diverted towards. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll obviously continue to get into that, but this is like the start of that. You really see, I think, at the time of the underwater movie premiere, mm-hmm. that she was signed to Warner Brothers, but that she hadn't had anything like released yet. Or I, I don't remember the exact timeline, but it was very early on. Yeah,
1: I think she was. And then,
2: like literally, the week after this incident, all her movies start coming out. Oh because yeah, because she made such a and I'm literally. sorry, a splash. Yeah, I can't <laughs> avoid it. I'm sorry. Flash, she uh, yeah. busted
1: her way yeah. into this, Let's and like it, it was away. all
2: planned. Like later, yeah. it comes out that she had like hired a management team because she was getting frustrated with Warner Brother because they like weren't moving fast enough, and they're like, "Here, this top is like sizes small for you." Yeah. It will fall off when you jump in the pool. Go. And we'll use the publicity to, like, get you what you want. And it worked like a charm. The
1: wonders of PR, guys.
2: And of a bosom. And
1: of a bosom. <laughs> I have friends that work in PR. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, I have stories. Oh. oh, I have tons of stories. PR
2: reps win Oscars. Oh, that's, yeah. They, they should. That's the they main. should be getting no, no, a big no, Sorry. What okay. I mean is that, like, your acting is... Important, but like it's your PR person who snags you the prize. It's
1: always about good PR. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sophia Lorenz, she was a little jealous mm-hmm. of what was going mm-hmm. on. Uh, there was a quote in an interview that she did. I think it was with vanityfair.com. She points to the picture and she's like, Look at this picture. Look at my eyes. I'm staring at her nipples because I am afraid they're about to come onto my plate. <laughs> <laughs> I was yes, like, yeah, yes. yeah. She was like, I don't care. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Like her nipples, they're very obvious. So Jane was also notorious for famous wardrobe malfunctions on the red carpet with her purposefully low, low, low cut collar dresses, which allowed her breasts to, oops, fall out at any given chance. She was the gal who literally invented the nip slip, Ugh. especially before, way before Tara Reed. Talk about being busted now. Jane's marriage to Mickey lasted only five years, and they were truly in love with one another. Studio execs, especially from Warner Brothers, Mm -hmm. told her that she shouldn't marry Mickey, but the girl can't help it. She went ahead, and she did it anyways. They were really in love with one another Mm -hmm. the first couple years. Mickey more than Jane, well find out why. They were pretty much the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie back in the day because they were beautiful, successful, and nicely tanned.
0: Mm -hmm. So Jane
1: ends up buying her pink palace for a whopping $75,000. The house was a 40-room Mediterranean style mansion that once belonged to singer Rudy Valley in November 1957. Jane had the house painted pink with cupids surrounded by pink fluorescent lights, pink furs in the bathroom, a pink heart-shaped Bathtub and a fountain's parting pink champagne. Mickey, uh, <laughs> I know. Hello, look. Kitty. <laughs> Money cannot
2: buy taste. I will always say that. I agree. Bless.
1: Miggy Harkate built her a heart shaped swimming pool with the words, I love Jane, on the floor of the, of the ground level of the pool. It was really, really
2: sweet. It's I mean, sweet, but I'm also <laughs> gagging. Like, oh. <ugh. laughs>
1: but that's love.
2: I guess. That is
1: love when a man's like, I'm willing to live in a pink, literally, a pink palace with yeah. this woman. That is love. Yeah. And to me, he was kind of like the Joe DiMaggio to totally. Marilyn to Marilyn Monroe, except that he didn't, you know, smack her around. Sure. Mickey fixed it to her specifics, and like I said before, that that is really love. Like he mm-hmm. was willing to do anything, anything for uh, Jane. Now during this marriage, she had three children, Miklos, Sultan and Marishka, an actress, currently known for her role as detective Olivia Benson in Law and Order Special mm-hmm. Victims Unit life was sweet for jane but with the sweet comes the sour jane soon becomes restless and eventually ends up calling the relationship off between her and mickey she calls the relationship boring at um. one point mickey is devastated so in 1962 she has a well publicized affair with enrico bomba the italian producer and production manager of her film panic button Hargate accuse bomba of sabotaging their marriage and this is true like oh. it takes two to tango, yes. Mickey and Jane couldn't do wrong in his eyes. Mm-hmm. She really couldn't. She could tell Mickey, babe, the sky is pink and he's like, whatever Jane.
0: Mm-hmm. yes, whatever
1: And in his mind, like he really didn't see Jane cheating on him. no mm-hmm. it was bomba coming in between them. no, we had a perfect marriage and this man came between us. Oh. It was really sad I really I really no no I know. That he really loved her mm-hmm. to the day he died, even after he remarried. You can even
2: hear when he like talks in interviews. Oh, yeah. You could hear in his voice the sort of like admiration and it's oh, almost for like a sure. little puppy. Like he's just no, he so really, enraptured with her. He
1: really loved her, and you can see that mm-hmm. love. Yeah. Like, it's very sweet. Yeah, it was. It was very, very sweet. So Jane got a Mexican divorce in Juarez in May of 63. The divorce was initially declared invalid in California, and the two reconciled in October of 63. After the birth of their third child, Mansfield sued for the Juarez divorce to declare legal and won their criminous divorce battle had the actress accusing Hargate of kidnapping. And this is true. Kidnapping one of the children to force a more favorable financial settlement. Damn. Mickey took the separation from Mansfield and her breasts pretty hard.
0: I tell
2: you.
1: <laughs> no, he was really like devastated. So Mansfield then marries <laughs> Matt Simber, AKA Matteo Octaviano an Italian-born film director when he directed her in a stage production of Bus Stop in Yonkers, New York. Uh. Now, she marries him in September of 64 in Mexico. Jane and Matt introduces her fifth child, Tony, and soon the couple separates in July of 65, barely a year, Mm -hmm. and filed for divorce July of 1966. Mm -hmm. Simber took over managing her career during their marriage and guided her whole you know movie stardom through a series of increasingly toddy projects like Promises Promises which made her the first mainstream actress to appear nude in a film which back then was a huge Mm no-no and it kind of caused her career to sink down
2: yeah and I mean it it's so sad because her career was already like toilet bowling a little bit a little bit yeah and like not that anyone has to listen to me about career advice. I clearly don't know, Like, you know what I mean? I'm not like on TV being like, well, with my Emmys, I did this. But it's so sad because when she started her career, she was so smart and she chose such good projects. And she went to Broadway for a while to like kind of get some cred behind her name. And I remember I was watching this one documentary about like her career specifically. And I just kept thinking like go to New York just go to New York and she just instead keeps doing these like increasingly bad movies yeah and then like community theater like and Mm -hmm. that's how she met this director Mm -hmm. and it she kind of gets trapped you know her whole career they sort of marketed her as like the "Quote, king size Marilyn Monroe," which is super fucked up, but like, fine, that's what they marketed her. Oh,
1: as. they marketed her as a lot of things. Yeah, but too, like yeah. that was the thing. that was the, that was the thing at the
2: time. Twentieth Century Fox uh, had both of their contracts, and they full on like hired Jane Mansfield as like insurance against Marilyn Monroe's like increasing irrationality. Essentially, that's
1: that's when she refused. Yeah. to do the film. Uh, I think it was the girl with the pink stockings. Yeah, and, and that that's when they brought uh, Marilyn number two. Yeah, and they Jane. did.
2: They just had her like basically to kind somebody. of like, well, I blackmail against Marilyn Monroe. Like, well, we'll just get Jane Mansfield. And Marilyn hated that, obviously. Oh, yeah. But also was like dealing with her own issues. Like, check out our episode because she also had her own issues. Um, And so it's like so sad because then now Jane Mansfield is trapped in this like, you're like a, Second rate, Like, she starts out as, like, being touted as the king-size Marilyn. And it's, like, kind of going pretty well for her. And honestly, she's, like, the main contender for Marilyn's crown. Like, the other ones, not really. But, like, Jane Mansfield really, like, was on the way to being, like, as big as Marilyn. And then it kind of gets flipped. And she becomes this, like, joke almost of, like, you're the, like, poor man's Marilyn. Mm -hmm. And so by this point in her career, now she's doing, like, the community theater version of East of, or of, um, bus stop, like you just said. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, don't do shows that Marilyn's done. Like don't date a director like Marilyn's done. Like don't do all these things that Marilyn's done. Mm-hmm. She had like an alleged affair with JFK, like all these things. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, you're just feeding into the like rumors and the opinion that you're like a B bee list yeah. Marilyn because it's so heartbreaking. it
1: really is heartbreaking and you're right like she was following these footsteps mm-hmm. these really bad footsteps oh,
2: and she's desperate to stay famous and that's
1: what I was gonna le- yeah run into was she needed to stay in the limelight mm-hmm. and she was willing to do anything even sacrifice her relationship with Mickey mm-hmm. I mean we'll go into later but I felt after researching her life and everything I felt like if she would have stayed with Mickey, Hmm. really focused on him and the family, Mm -hmm. she would have just been all right, you know? Yeah. But she got involved with all these other men, and And it just messed her – it just – it really, in a way, it does eventually tarnish her reputation. Oh,
2: 100%. It really does. And especially in that time in the industry, there's such an aggressive – we still kind of see it, but it's a little bit longer, thankfully, and I think it's slowly changing – But it really, the timeline of your career viability Mm -hmm. as a a bombshell, as a sex symbol, they were talking about her at 31 like we would talk about an Mm 80-year-old. Like, you know, not, I think even now we're better. Like, first of all, Helen Mirren can definitely get it. She's still sexy as hell. But, like, we don't talk about women as much this way, but they were talking about her as if she was just a complete washed-up, complete has-been, complete sexless object. It's like, she's A, 31. That's not that old. Mm -hmm. And B, she has more to offer than just being like sexy. She's shown that, but it, like you couldn't escape the industry at that point. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. It
1: really is heartbreaking. And, and it,
2: yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's no, just, you're there's just so much to say about her because she's so tragic.
1: <laughs> she is the blonde tragedy. It gets worse. She ends up starring in the low budget mm. Las Vegas Hillbillies. This was a really bad film. He pretty much did what author Miller did for Marilyn Monroe. I'm talking about um, Simber. Mm. And he tried to do his best to, to get her more and more involved, but she was getting more and more involved with these low-budget films. Mm-hmm. So Mansfield marriage to Simber began to collapse in the wake of her alcohol abuse, spousal abuse, open infidelities, and her disclosure to Simber that she had been happy only with her former lover another one, Nelson Sardelli so at this time she's already, you know, tapping into the alcohol, mm-hmm. he is also abusing her, he mm-hmm. wasn't, don't think he was sweet with her, this guy had a temper and he smacked her around mm. now at this time Mansfield had degenerated into alcoholism, downward um, spirals, drunken brawls, performing at cheap burlesque shows and even do supermarket openings mm-hmm. like she was there cutting the ribbon and she was just getting any side job As best as she can. So by July of 66, she started living with her attorney boyfriend, Sam Brody, who had frequent drunken brawls with her and mistreated her eldest daughter, Jane Marie. Oh, Jane Marie, no. I know. He beat her and Jane. So uh, Sam's wife, Beverly Brody filed a divorce suit naming Mansfield the 41st other woman in Sam's life.
0: Girl. He was
1: really bad. Sam was no bueno. He was, in every sense of the word, an asshole. He just wasn't a good person, and he eventually leads Jane to literally meet her fate in the physical mm-hmm. form of Hollywood occult leader and the man who led the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey.
0: Mm-hmm. So real
1: quickly, Anton LaVey, born 1930, he ends up dying in 97, was an American author, musician, and occultist. He was the founder of the Church of Satan and the religion of Levain Satanism. Mm-hmm. He authored several books, including the Satanic Bible, the Satanic Rituals, the Satanic Witch, the Devil's Notebook, and the amazing children's classic, Satan Speaks. <laughs> Great book yes. to put a child to sleep. A nice
0: nighttime <laughs> reading, yes.
1: According to VanityFair.com, Anton Sandor Levey, real name Howard Levy, <laughs> Was, was a camera ready huckster and one of the great characters of the late 60s scene he painted his row house in san francisco black and wore a high thread count halloween costume mm-hmm. with his onks altars pet lion he owned a pet lion and home full of topless women he was like a hugh hefner mm-hmm. for the proto goth kids now, in 1966, they met for the first time in San Francisco. They found each other a kinder spirit with desire to be famous and a daring to be different. Now, the pair developed a unusual friendship that some say was sexual in nature and mm-hmm. continued to meet frequently until Mansfield's death. They met at the height of the liberating 60s when attitudes about gender, sexuality, Mm. and nudity were in flux. Satanism, considered as the pursuit of the pleasurable and successful life, Mm. found a receptive audience in thousands who flocked to California with a desire to become famous. A popular legend that might have been spread by LeVay himself asserts that he portrayed the devil who rapes Mia Farrow's character in 1968 film of Rosemary's Baby. So there you have it. (laughs)
0: Look,
2: I have many thoughts about many things, but this might take the whole cake. Like.
1: Get ready, guys. Um, Bryce is about to take us to church and preach. I don't know if
2: they can understand the height of the soapbox that I'm about to stand on. Oh, he is. Um, Here's the thing. This clown is not talking to Satan. Like, let's just start there. Like, it's so absurd to me that he's in like a little black Satan costume and is like walking around with like gaudy jewelry and like skulls and it's like you look like a bad party city ad like get out of here it's so ridiculous like all of this stuff and he's like releasing albums and he's like got books like stop like, I don't want to presume to speak for the devil, but I just find it so tacky. Like, it is ridiculous. And I'm sorry, if there are any Church of Satanists listening, I'm not trying to offend anybody. No,
1: no. But this man really is a it.
2: buffoon. Like it, no, it is was. ridiculous.
1: It was it was it was It was the perfect media recipe. A
2: hundred percent.
1: And he was a character. In my yes. opinion, he played and portrayed a character. Yes. He was like the Count from Sesame Street, you know? like Yes,
2: it's that thing, <laughs> the right person meeting the right moment in history. Oh. Like you were saying, like the 60s, the whole era was shifting. There was a real rebellion against the sort of like wholesomeness of the 50s. Oh, 100%. And then this man rolls up with his black house and his fucking lion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a tabloid wet dream. Like, of course he's in it. Uh, it's just, it's so. I was watching it and reading the article about him. I was just like, okay, let's Your just. Your eyes
1: cannot they roll can back. Not,
2: I mean, again. Any further. Maybe I'm off base. Maybe Satan really is a gaudy, tacky boob. But, like, <laughs> it just seems to me that, like, that is not what. Like, that's not who's speaking to Satan. Do you know what I mean? Like, because that was his claim, too. Oh, yeah,
1: that he was, he had the hotline to him. That he
2: had the hotline, that he was, like, in communication, that he was, like, the voice Mm -hmm. of, and, like, also, the Church of Satan was founded in the 60s. Like, that's insane to me. You would think it had been around for, like, decades or centuries. Yeah,
1: for centuries. Since the eighteen or seventeen hundreds, apparently 1800s.
2: Satan was just waiting for America. Just come on the sixties, yeah, and then 60s. he could, and then he could start doing his work.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> my face right now.
1: I really have to record our episode so you oh, guys can see Bryce's facial expression. The sheer
2: amount of hand gesturing alone. I know. I
1: know. I laugh a lot into the mic because I'm looking <laughs> at his face.
2: <laughs> just so displeased.
1: That is so I mean it, it is so true the the pet lion that's another one that was mm. he kept this lion in the basement. And we have to bring up this film, uh, uh-huh. Mansfield 6667. You guys have to watch yes, it. Yes, it's really good. It really is a good film. I know it's a little gaudy because in the beginning they have those, like little intro. I love it.
2: They like lean into how campy it is.
1: I like it too because it reminds you of a 60s film. You mm-hmm. know, it has like these little dance interludes mm-hmm. that paint the picture of a scene. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in the film, like they show his house. They show his rituals. They show the naked women, the onks, and everything and, and in his house. And he had this pet lion that was living in the basement.
2: That cannot be good. That
1: is not... I don't know if that was legal in mm, a basement.
2: That does not seem good.
1: Yeah. Poor and, lion. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see, you know, Jane Mansfield being introduced to him. And it was just like media
2: mm-hmm. frenzy. So they meet and she is, like you were saying, she has now... Started down a path of very low level engagement appearances. Yeah. yeah. And it really is sort of just like a media circus that gets a little bit more desperate every go round of like, oh, well, like, what's Jane Mansfield doing now? And like, even they don't, like, they kind of, it's like she becomes her own joke essentially. Yeah. Um, to the point that she, like, gets stranded in a boat accident, allegedly, and, like, people don't believe her. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, no, like, I almost died. And I was, like. Oh, yeah, you can see the pictures. A, yeah. And, after
1: they, like, rescued her. Yeah.
2: And, like, some people did believe her, like, no, you don't look that, that scared, that gone, mm-hmm. that bad for a PR stunt but like the general consensus is that Jane Mansfield will do anything for publicity Mm -hmm. and so she starts like you were saying she's opening grocery stores she's performing in nightclubs burlesque shows very unsuccessful runs with um, the USO show like all of these things that for someone who used to be a, a very big name in Hollywood and these like European B list movies and it just is like more desperate to stay in relevance so that then again right person the right moment in history she's desperate she meets this man who i think is using the the fear that the term satanism would erupt in people Mm -hmm. to become a name you know what i mean he's doing a publicity thing as well yeah they meet, and he makes her the first priestess of the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, these very famous photos, if you look, of her, like, holding a skull. And he's, like, over her. And there's, like, an altar. And there's, like, these very stylized, sort of, like, old vaudeville circusy kind of photos. Yeah. And it's a PR stunt. Like, yeah. do I think that Jane Mansfield actually believed in the Church of Satan? No, I don't.
1: Here's another thing that was interesting, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: it almost cost her the lives of one of her children. Yes, Can we talk about the lion attack on little Miklos?
2: Let's talk about lions.
1: Yes, because um, it turned out, I I assume that they went to a zoo, it was like this animal zoo here in California Mm -hmm. that holds animals that were in films. And one of them uh, was a caged lion that they, I think it was claimed to be what, is it the, it was the movie Lion. The um, MGM Lion. MGM mm-hmm. Lion. And um, they meet the lion, they pet him. And you could see this too in Mansfield 6667. Mm-hmm. Miklos, you know, and the kids are there, Jane's there. Oh, let's pet the lion. And somehow, Ugh. like the lion goes back to the cage. Somehow Miklos is, you know, disconnected from Jane and the kids. He wanders off Ugh. to go pet the lion some more and he gets attacked. Malt. He gets yeah. mauled. The li- he's really close to the to the cage and the line grabs him uh-huh. and just would not let him go. Oh. Yeah. And
2: this is the start, so there was a falling out between the, sorry, the man uh, from the Church of Satan. Um,
0: LeVay. <laughs> thank you,
2: and her then lawyer boyfriend, Sam Brody, mm-hmm. and this is the first incident where all of a sudden this sort of like supernatural as we like kind of segue, we love segways segways this is the first event and he says he curses them uh, curses Sam Brody specifically and one of the curses is uh, a line attack he like quote predicts it or like uses the lion that he has in his basement as like blackmail essentially, or like to threaten him. Mm -hmm. And then this happens.
1: And did this happen when Sam lit the infamous cursed candle, or?
2: Um, I think this was more of the falling out between the two of them. So obviously, right, and so, then Sam gets quote the curse on him mm-hmm. and the the big curse is that they're going to die in a car accident. Yes. And so after the lion attack, Jane Mansfield goes back and is like, you gotta like lift this curse. I don't again, I don't think she believes, but it's just too coincidental.
0: Yeah.
2: Like if someone was like, You're gonna get attacked by a lion, I'd be like, Okay, cool. And then if it actually happened mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you're like, I don't believe in this, but like that's yeah. a little too coincidental.
1: Yeah, because she in a, in reports she stated like I'm I was raised Catholic. I am a yes. Catholic. There are pictures of her with like a necklace and yeah. she has like a little cross on her necklace. So she was religious. Mm-hmm. And you know in the beginning she even mentioned about this whole thing like I you know I'm interested in it. Like I'm she's she was very inquisitive,
0: mm-hmm. extremely
1: inquisitive. So she wanted to learn about it. I don't think she wanted to practice it right and consider it her new religion sure. she just she had a a curiosity sure so Oof. i know but there's like yeah segueing into the other curse
2: right yeah that so something that,
1: happened with a candle
2: um
1: i think it was like sam brody because it was the like sam brody is pretty much the reason why they met and they go to the to his house to lave's right. house and they're looking at all, like, his, like, oh mm-hmm. knickknacks and unks and stuff like that. And there's this candle that, you know, Sam happens to light.
2: Look, hasn't he <laughs> seen Hocus Pocus? Do not <laughs> light a candle. <laughs> Thackeray Binks told you. No.
1: Sam. <laughs> I waited 100 years for a virgin to light a candle. I mean, we've all been there, <laughs> girl. Uh, lights a cigarette. Yep. <sighs> yep.
2: that is dumb how dumb can you be
1: (laughs) according to Blanche uh, Barton Mm -hmm. a former high priestess of the Church of Satan and the author of the Secret Life of Satanists no of a Satanist Brody showed a side of himself that was violently jealous, mm-hmm. imposing impossible constraints on Jane. Oh. And she was in the process of trying to ease out of the situation, but Brody was becoming only more and more protective, which is true.
0: Mm-hmm. Because if you see the
1: men that Jane was involved with, they were very, you know, muscly. Alpha
2: male Very, yeah, yeah
1: with, with like intense physiques. So Brody was becoming only more protective, using her pending custody suit to maneuver her deeper into a relationship. And there was this whole thing with the custody battle of her children. Mm -hmm. Sam Brody was involved, trying to keep her and her children together. Perhaps this jealousy led Brody to mock LaVey's house of satanic obscurities. Mm -hmm. At any chance he could, Barton writes that he picked up a priceless object and laughed and lit a skull candle in leve's ritual chamber. So this was <laughs> Dumb. an egregious act that was the last straw for Levee. leve told him, this candle is only used for curses. I don't know what's going to happen to you now. I only hope that you put it out on time.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. Don't light candles. Don't light candles. <laughs> uh, so stupid.
1: Yeah, so that was... That was, uh, that was a that was a huge story
2: yeah and also so then after said lion attack <laughs> yeah. she goes back she's like this I you gotta lift this curse you've got to lift this curse mm-hmm. and then they start a string so her and her whole family including Sam Brody who we hate um, <laughs> yeah. they're driving around the south going to all these like clubs and night clubs performances and like yeah. they're kind of doing the like family band tour essentially i mean the children are very young the but
1: dinner theater yeah bur- like burlesque all shows all yeah.
2: through the south louisiana mississippi like mm-hmm. all texas like really traveling and overnight late trips and they start getting in this like weird string of like car accidents constantly yes i think by the time uh of june 28th they'd already been in six car accidents in like a super short amount of time oh none of them like super fatal by like degrees like they should have been worse and they just keep getting in these car accidents Mm -hmm. and it's like this weird again it's just like all kind of feeling coincidental or like bad luck or whatever but also in the back of their minds Jamie man feels like what is going on and she, like, keeps trying to, like, reach out and, like, get this resolved, quote-unquote. mm mm-hmm. Which I find very sad.
1: No, it really is sad. Plus, there was that, um, I think after the lion attack, mm-hmm. too, like, there was that whole story of him. And this was just, like, legend.
2: Legend has it.
1: Legend has not That he climbed on this mountain at night and did another ritual Bless. to try to, like, save his life. Mm-hmm. Save little Miklos' life. Because after the attack, he, um was on life support like right. they didn't think he was going to make it and right. that's when Jane pleads with Levee, like please do something
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he does it he and it's is shown in the movie too this little cool animation of cartoon LeVay climbing this mountain and he does his little like ritual and right after he does the ritual Miklos pulls through Ugh. and it's a miraculous recovery
2: that's so creepy. But
1: doctors told Jane like they didn't think he was going to make it because it was a it was a pretty severe attack. And if you see pictures of little Miklos, if you Google like reports of his attack, like mm-hmm. it looked really severe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, really, really severe. But oof. then after that, it did lead to other car accidents. Right. they at one point tells her Jane, this curse with Sam, it will, it will follow you too. It's going to
2: follow you. Yes.
1: And if I were you, I will avoid. First off, avoid Sam. Right one he's no bueno and two he isn't a lot of shit Mm -hmm. and three avoid traveling with him
0: Mm -hmm. he tells
1: her this and she's like not today satan i'm you know i gotta make my money i gotta make my paper
2: and he's you know brody is so controlling oh i don't know know. if she really had a way out no
1: she really didn't it was so sad it really like he really controlled her because of the kids
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: like, if you want these kids, you're gonna have to do what I tell you to mm-hmm. do, or else you're gonna lose them. Ugh. Which
2: was horrific. It's just so sad. These like women who had like <sighs> the taste of like the height of stardom, and then their life kind of devolves into like men controlling them, and it's just right. so heartbreaking. It
1: right. is. It's extremely heartbreaking. <sighs> and this leads us to the accident. Yes.
2: So then, on the night of June 28th, leading into the early morning of June 29th. They are on their way uh, from Louisiana to Mississippi. No, Mississippi. Mississippi to Louisiana. Louisiana. yeah. Look, all the southern states are the same.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> it's, kidding, just kidding, it's just true. kidding. It's, no, it's true. <laughs> I
2: single-handedly start a civil war, thank you. <laughs> um, we're not the same. Um, And they're driving, and it's super late at night. And you were telling me, and I love this little, like, tidbit, because it's such a quintessential, like, southern mindset of, like, there's one (laughs) highway through the state, and, like, good luck. That's the one. Yeah,
1: I talked to my mom about um, this accident, Mm -hmm. because my mom originally is from Honduras. Mm -hmm. She traveled to the states when she was a teenager. She traveled to New Orleans in the early 60s. And she went to business school. You know, she was her own woman. She's going to do it.
0: Yes.
1: Um, But I asked her, I was like, Ma what do you remember the like where you were Mm -hmm. and how you heard about the news she was like about Jane Mansfield and she was like oh yeah like I woke up got ready to go to school like before entering the bus you know at the bus stop Mm -hmm. women men, everyone was talking about it she gets off the bus bam you like the uh, there was like newspaper stand by the school it was just nothing but tabloids Jane Mansfield dead Jane Mansfield decapitated yes
2: so they're driving Mm -hmm. and Essentially there's the there's two schools of thought as to what happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to start with the one that is maybe the more fantastical and just get it out of the way. Oh yeah. So they're driving and people believe that there was a fog in a very specific area around the car and that because of that supernatural fog quote unquote, (laughs) that the chauffeur lost control of the car, they get into a horrible accident and the three, the chauffeur and Sam Brody and Jane Mansfield, who are sitting in the front seat, are killed instantly and the children who are in the back seat survive. And then there's like all this speculation and gossip about whether or not she was decapitated and that she was decapitated for a satanic ritual and that the mist was like supernatural and that it was the curse coming to light.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know.
2: Uh, The version that I think is probably more likely is that they were allegedly um, spraying for mosquitoes and uh, it's a very poorly lit highway you were saying it's just like yes. a two-lane...
1: Yeah, that's another thing, too, that my mom explained. Because mm-hmm. I also asked her, how was I-90 back in the 60s? Mm-hmm. And that's when you mentioned, yeah, um, it was just like one interstate. Mm-hmm. And she said it was one interstate going in and out of Louisiana at the time. Now Louisiana has a whopping three. Ooh, Ooh I know. Triple. We have the I-10, the 610, and the 90. And I even remember driving on the 90 when I was young. Mm-hmm. But she was telling me, too, yeah, it was just a two-lane yeah. highway, and it was two-way Poorly lit.
2: Yeah. We had one of those to get to my grandmother's house in yeah. West Virginia. And God help you if you got stuck behind a semi-truck.
1: Exactly. Good luck. Exactly. this is where
2: you live now.
1: Now they expanded it. But she was like, back mm-hmm. then, it was just a two-way
0: road. Mm-hmm.
2: So they're on this road. They're, it's poorly lit as is. It's yeah. a very windy through the like... Back air, you know what I mean? It's not like this nice, bright, straight highway.
1: No, it's not.
2: (laughs) And there is fumigation happening. There's like a fumigation truck spraying for mosquitoes, which is such a common occurrence. Like, I remember in summer that happening all the time. Oh yeah, when I live in
1: New Orleans, we have have the truck that would spray around and you you can hear it. Yeah. So loud.
2: (laughs) So um, that was happening. That is partially what contributed to the fog. There is a semi truck that slows down because of that. (laughs) The chauffeur doesn't see the semi truck and the car hits the rear of the trailer and goes under and essentially the top of the car is shorn. Clean yes. of the vehicle. Again, leading to rumors of like her decapitation of them. But in the autopsy, she is. The cause of death was a skull injury, I think. Or what's the actual term? There's like a specific term that yeah, they use. Her skull
1: was smashed in. Yeah.
2: Um, let me see. There's like a word that I thought. Beep boop. I'll never be able to find it now. Uh, but yeah,
1: in um, post mortems, if you see the pictures, I mean, yeah. if you even see the documentary
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mansfield 66 67 and if you google the the crash I mean they're very graphic pictures and there's one picture of her on the ground and you can clearly see that her head is attached to her body yes but you can tell that her skull is smashed in
2: yeah and the term I was looking for was a crushed skull with avulsion of cranium and brain so basically, there is one of the photos where there's like, this sorry, this is very graphic, so please be warned uh, and be warned if you look up the photos. They're pretty graphic as mm-hmm. well. Um that there's like a chunk of like either her hair or wig mm-hmm. and probably some like skull matter in a shattered part of the windshield. Yeah, and so that photo, which ran, led to the sort of spawn of the rumor yes. that she was decapitated when in reality it was actually she hit her skull was crushed
1: her skull was crushed and back then women wore a lot of weave and hair pieces real she oh real you could tell in those pictures like mm-hmm. that's not her hair that's not her hair. hair and I know like Ron Harrison who was the bodyguard was driving and you can see in his in, in those pictures too it's really oh, bad guys I mean like with a good stomach like Mm-hmm. <laughs> be warned like these are graphic you could see like his head is completely smashed mm-hmm. in he doesn't have a face sam brody on the other hand gets it really really yeah. bad he is you see his body is burnt to a crisp yeah it's on the it's it's he is Oof. laying next to jane because apparently like when the crash happened there was a fire mm-hmm. it broke out and um Sam was thrown out of the car in flames and he burned to death. I mean, well, they all died in impact, but he had the worst trauma. Yeah, He had the
2: worst. And then, so, and that's the thing is that the children in the back seat, they kind of escape with like minor injuries. Thank God. Right. Um, We
1: were forgetting about one fourth victim, the chihuahua.
2: Oh yeah. When dogs
1: get involved, a dog, we we just, we don't, we don't like that. You're a puppy, dad.
2: I know. Oh, I know. The and worst. I,
1: <laughs> when dogs get involved, yeah, the, she had a dog, and he was also
0: yes. crushed in the
1: crash as well. It's sad. It's really sad. But yeah, thankfully, the three children mm-hmm. survived, but they had suffered injuries, as well, yeah,
2: and it leads to this like weird little. The trucking industry adopts like the metal bar that you see on the back of trailers now. Oh
1: yeah, with the with the is it like the little decal, the red and white decal? That's to
2: stop cars from slipping under the trailer in the case of a collision.
1: That's right. It's and called it, the Mansfield it's bar. It's called the Mansfield
2: bar. Yes. Yeah. So like, uh, some good came, came out, out of it, it. <laughs> but to be, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: she had a water bottle. Made after her, and now Ooh, she yes. had a bar named after her yeah. because of this accident, That's which I know. find kind yeah. of eerie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was watching this interview with Mikolos, old like I think it was mm-hmm. back in the 90s, and it was really, oh God, it was really sad. But he was originally supposed to be sitting in the front with her.
2: Yes, I saw that interview yeah, too, and he's like,
1: cry, I had to stop, I had to like collect myself. He's
2: like, had she not like put me back, then like I would be dead. And like, Ugh. yeah, they stopped at a gas
1: station, and for some reason, he's like, I don't know why. But he, but she takes him to the back seat and tells him to go to sleep with his siblings. Mm-hmm. He was like, I wanted to sit in the front with her. But she tells me, no, go, go lay in the back. Miklos. I know. And he gets so, like, mm-hmm. like he, he, you could hear his voice. Like, he gets so emotional. Yeah. and was like, oh, my God. Poor Miklos. You got the worst. I know. Poor baby.
2: So, and then, so that's the thing. And then... You know, there's all these rumors like, what kind of funeral is she going to have? And then she has a normal Presbyterian funeral. Like, no Church of Satan funerals. (laughs) like.
1: (laughs) Well, LaVey decides, no, I'm going to have one in my house. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What a little boob.
1: LaVey ends up having a church of satan memorial service on her behalf with 30 people in attendance
2: thanks i'm good <laughs> yeah. Ugh, what a little
1: i hope no other candles will lit during the service Girl. oh my gosh but it, it i mean it was it was a really terrible crash mm-hmm. <laughs> it just changed a lot of things afterwards mm-hmm. especially you know with the trucking industry yes. and how they created that bar and I know for a fact that after especially what my mom told me, like they started to slowly renovate mm-hmm. that highway, they started wow. to expand it more and more after that accident, yeah, but yeah that that i ninety i i mean I even had a friend in college that lost her her ex to the i ninety oh, wow, because you would we would take it when I was in university, we would take that interstate to go to Biloxi when we wanted mm-hmm. to get out of the Out of the city. Yeah. It's it's a really cool place to go to. Like if you wanted to, you know, play at the casinos, lay out by the coast. Mm -hmm. And it's cheap. And there are times where, you know, you could get on the highway Mm -hmm. at 1 a.m. and get there in an hour. Wow. During the day, it will take you like an hour and a half. But at night, it could take you like an hour to 45 minutes. Wow. But because you know not a lot of people travel you know during that time of the night sure. especially in Louisiana on the I90 it's it could be very vacant and people take advantage of that to the mm-hmm. point where they're just flooring it uh-huh. and with him like uh, my friend's ex he was traveling i think at 1:30 in the morning with a caravan and he was on the in the front of the caravan and he was accelerating to speeds of i think it was 85 or 90 miles uh-huh. per hour they were traveling really fast, mm-hmm. and he loses control of the car, and the Ugh. car, f- like, flips four times. Mm. Yeah, it was really bad, but um, I, I I know that now, like, the interstate is expanded. Sure. And definitely well-lit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Ugh.
1: But, yeah, it, it was a really, really sad and tragic end.
2: Well, especially when you think about for a person whose entire existence, from the time she's... 18 until the time she dies she's just desperate to stay relevant to stay famous to stay remembered and that because of the psychology of canonization and the way we treat celebrities who die she like morosely gets her wish in essence like whether or not that would have happened whether she would be as remembered Mm -hmm. I think she would not have been her career was certainly headed in a downward direction whether or not she would have had a second coming or something like that who can say but in some ways her death was the fulfillment of her greatest dream which is just the saddest thing yeah me
1: it really it really is sad i will i'll end you know this note Mm -hmm. with um With a quote from her daughter, Mariska, Mariska Hargitay quoted in people.com, and I'll I'll end it in this note because it was really, Mm. really sweet. My mother was this amazing, beautiful, glamorous sex symbol, but people didn't know that she played the violin and had a 160 IQ and had five kids and loved dogs. She continued to tell people, tearing up, she was just so ahead of her time. Mm. She was an inspiration. She had this appetite for life, and I think I shared that with her. Mm. In November of 2013, Mariska Hargitay was given her own star on the infamous Hollywood Walk of Fame, and mm-hmm. they placed that star next to her mom. They did. They placed it. So I we're didn't gonna know end. That. We're gonna end that story on her notes. because, Aww. yeah, I mean, like you said, like she wanted to be in in the mm-hmm. limelight, and in the end, you know, it's kind of eerie that people remember her for this crash,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: When you Google her now and it's so sad, like the That's first the first couple thing. First thing you see is her post-mortem pictures. Yeah, so. there's
2: a little clip of an interview that she was doing right around the time that she got her Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. And this uh, talk show host is asking her like, you've been nominated, you've won these awards, like what is your favorite title that you've won? And she just says, well frankly my favorite is Mother. And I always found that, like, so touching that, like, even though, you know, she couldn't really just live, like, a simple family yeah. life, she really did love her children She the really most. did. And, she was and a good the mom. the best that she could. You know what I mean?
1: And holy shit, how her body snapped back to the same, you know, Burr. after five kids. <laughs> My body can't even snap back to where it was after a burrito from no. Chipotle. Mm-mm.
0: Damn. I
2: know.
1: But, yeah, she was a good mom. Yeah. You know, she made poor decisions yeah the
2: alcohol as as we know with addiction it strips you of your best qualities so it's like sad that that was also part of her legacy but like i think in her purest self she really like loved her children
1: yeah she did all right guys we're gonna take a little break and then we'll get to the curse and haunting of jane mansfield and her infamous pink mansion after this little promo Hey girl, do you know what an RSS feed is?
2: Uh, really smooth Starbucks? <laughs>
1: I thought the same thing too, but nope. It's really simple stuff, or according to Wikipedia, it's a really simple syndication.
2: Right. That's the thing that Blueberry provided us with when we started our podcast.
1: <laughs> yes. Let's be real. None of us knew where to start out mm-hmm. while creating our podcast in the beginning, and Blueberry helped us out I a lot. I
2: know. They seriously make everything easy for us podcasters.
1: Blueberry hosting is highly optimized for using WordPress with PowerPress. Blueberry makes publishing your podcast in three easy steps.
2: Steps. Step one, produce your podcast. Mm -hmm. Two, write your blog post. Three, publish.
1: It's like a recipe WordPress plus PowerPress. Plus Blueberry Hosting equals success Mm,
2: I like that A recipe
1: Hosting with Blueberry Also allows you To be in control Plus there are no Third party sites To log into No contracts So you can cancel Anytime It's optimized For iTunes And creates support For all platforms
2: So if you're browsing For a new hosting site Or if you're planning To start your own podcast Then Blueberry Is the perfect place
1: head on over to our website hollyweirdparanormal.blueberry.net scroll down our blog post and click on the blueberry tab link
2: and use our promo code weird if you're interested in receiving a free month by signing up with blueberry.com
1: free is a good thing start creating with blueberry.com
2: all right but now i am craving starbucks (laughs) let's
1: go all drive yes all right guys We're here to bring you the booze with the boobs. Ooh. Ooh. I know. <laughs> so, like I mentioned before, Anton had announced that, uh, you know, Jane was a victim of her own frivolity. Mm-hmm. And he warned her about the curse, and she ignored it, apparently. No. And there was even talks of him throwing a memorial service that was held in her honor in the Church of Satan, where three no, 30 people reported to seeing some unusual things oh,
0: occur.
2: No.
1: So here we go with the curse and the haunting of Jane Mansfield, guys, the paranormal aftermath. So apparently what happened in this service at the Church of Satan, at um, LeVay's house, 30 people reported that there was a series of amber-colored bulbs that suddenly flared up without explanation, Hmm. but never shattered. LeVay said that it happened because Jane wanted to let us know that she was still with us. Hmm. Others connected to Jane reported strange happenings, even Linda Murdrick, Jane's personal maid for many years, often heard Miklos, who had been injured in the accident, talking to someone when she knew he was alone in the room. Oh, no. He told her that he had been talking to his mom, and Murdrick's no. believed that Jane was somehow communicating with the boy from the other side.
2: Why are children so creepy? I know. <laughs> you know Oh god. Because they do that they're like I'm talking to my imaginary friend and you're like, "Oh, what's oh. their name?" You're like, "My grandmother." Oh, oh god. Geez. Just kill me now.
1: <laughs> I'm talking to the man in the closet. No. <gasps> Nowadays, I will definitely call the cops before checking that class. Cool. <laughs> you, you never know.
2: I'm definitely going to get sent <laughs> to jail if I ever become a father because, like, my child will come into my room at like 3 a.m. and do something creepy and I will tase them. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. I've seen too many, like, scary movies. I can't do it.
1: I know. I know.
2: <laughs> it's just, oh, God, I, prison is going to be rough on me, but here we are.
1: According to AmericanHauntingsInc.com, Weird happenings occurred around the Pink Palace. Jane's former home in Beverly Hills. So it seemed like her energy went from LaVey's house to the Pink Palace. So soon after Jane's death, Mickey, Mickey Hargitay was involved in a bad accident just after driving out of the gates of the Pink Palace. Matteo Octaviano, Jane's third husband was plagued with troubles. His father had a heart attack, legal problems, closed his nightclub and his best friend was killed all of a sudden it was a mysterious death so victor houston a young man who worked as jane's road manager and who was a constant visitor at the pink palace died suddenly linda murdrick who also was involved in a terrible car accident believed that the curse may have lingered his way past the iron gates but it got worse jane's son miklos and a friend a young girl were playing in a toy electric car one afternoon at the pink palace. And the little girl leaned back and somehow her long black hair entangled around an axle of the electronic toy car. Her long black hair soon just got so tangled up that it just tore out from the roots, like a section of it tore out from the roots. Yeah. So a lot of people felt that this curse was real and it surrounded the pink palace. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your face. oh my I'm god <laughs> it's
2: so creepy because there was a chunk of jane's hair on the car isn't
1: that eerie no. that's what i thought too isn't that crazy
2: i mean this is super conspiratorial but that is so isn't creepy. that
1: insane yeah. yeah yeah my my scalp hurt after reading that oh, same Others believe the Pink Palace was haunted. Ooh, so bursting water pipes ruined many pieces of furniture, and plumbers who came to repair the damage were allegedly frightened off by moving objects.
0: Mm-hmm. One
1: painter said that when he was working in Jane's old room, he felt that someone was watching him, and several times he felt someone touch him on the shoulder. Do not touch me. That
2: is not consent, ghosts. <laughs> no me <metal> toques. <gets.
1: laughs> So eerie moaning sounds were often reported and servants refused to stay on board. Hmm. No No one was hired, but often left after only a few days in the house. Even Linda Murdrick, Jane's longtime companion, head maid, and personal assistant finally quit, stating that I never want to go in that house again. There are too many things that were occurring that were unexplainable.
2: Oh my god.
1: Many came to believe that Jane was still around angry over the fighting that was going on over her estate. Her spirit, they said, wanted to ensure that her children received their inheritance. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you see, unfortunately, the Pink Palace was sacked by an Octaviano, Jane's third husband <gasps> and his attorney. They locked out the children and Jane's parents, and then they sold the palace. <gasps> so Octaviano, I feel like all those bad things happened to uh-uh. him because of that. Yeah, good. Yeah, in a way, I'm glad that this curse kind of lingered into his direction (laughs) because that was so wrong like he just like kicked everyone out how because he was Jane's third husband oh
2: so he had like the oh god that's so annoying Mm
1: mm-hmm now, the first occupants of the house were a bank president and his family. Now, this is just a rumor. This is just a story. Right after they moved in, the banker's son found a pink Honda S600 that the late actor Nick Adams had given to Jane during a brief affair. So, the boy started a, started up the car and took it for a spin around the estate and then decided to try it out on the road.
2: Oh, God. That just, is always a mistake.
1: Oh, And in a car, just as he was roaring out of the gates and onto Sunset Boulevard, he was struck by an oncoming car and was killed instantly
2: oh my god
1: the banker and his family allegedly moved out the same day allegedly the singer cass Elliot of the mamas and the papas later bought the house and moved in with her husband she went to london to record some television commercials and left her husband behind to oversee the redecorating of the mansion mm-hmm. cass's death occurred while she was away <sighs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, Big Mama Cass. I know,
1: Big Mama Cass. Another occupant of the house also claimed to experience some strange phenomena as well as the urge to dye her hair blonde and to dress in clothing that had once belonged to Jane, which she had found in storage. After going to a plastic surgeon for a breast enlargement, she was questioned by concerned friends but could give no explanation for her strange behavior. She became obsessed with Jane Mansfield and began spending thousands of dollars to purchase any memorabilia. of the actress that she could find. She didn't stay in the house for long, though. One night, she claimed that she heard a woman's voice begging her to get out. Aware of the fate that had befallen the two previous tenants, she packed up her belongings and fled the Pink Palace.
2: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, you don't, <laughs> no nomaducus. Don't, well, don't touch my stuff. Don't touch my clothes.
2: <laughs> a, a ghost does not have to beg me to get out. Like, <laughs> Gone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> my jeans like this, bitch. No. Out my clothes. <laughs> I'm begging you to get out.
2: Oh, you don't. You just had to say one word. Bye. Bye.
1: The next occupant of the mansion was Beatle Star Ringo Starr, who had been a fan of Jane when she was alive and had been a good friend of hers. Although Ringo mostly used the house for parties and only actually lived in it for a short while, he had the exterior of the pink mansion repainted. Soon Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, like this no that's gotta go. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's gotta go.
1: (laughs) Soon though the house began turning pink again some said that this was because the pink was a hard color to cover, but others claimed that it was Jane's presence making herself known. The house was repainted over and over again using a sealer and two or three coats of paint, but it turned to the pink color that it was originally painted before. No. Eventually, though, the house was successfully repainted after 121 coats of paint and remained white until it was torn down.
2: Is that real? 121 coats? No. I was just oh, joking. I was like, oh uh-huh. my God. But you believe me, right?
1: Yeah, I did. Ah, you got, got you. Ghost. <laughs> the singer, Engelbert Humperdinck. I just love his name. Uh, yes. Engelbert Humperdinck who had once been romantically involved with Jane, purchased the house in 77. Before moving in, he had the house blessed by a, cast- a Catholic priest Smart. and issued a statement about the haunting in 1980. So he he also claims that mm. there are some strange things going on. He did not believe that the house was haunted any longer, but he did admit to a few unsettling moments. Once after an earthquake, he discovered a section of the yard had settled into a shape of a heart, Jane's favorite design. Although Oof. although he first believed that this was perhaps Jane returning after all, it also was discovered that the heart was a filled-in wadding pool that Jane had built for the children, remember? Oh, or Mi- right. No, Mickey had built for her and the children. He likely breathed the sigh of relief and was like, oh my God, thank God, okay, great. So in 2002, Humperdinck sold the house to developers, and it was demolished in November of that year.
0: Whoa.
1: Since that time, there have been no further reports of Jane's ghost, and it seems that the haunting, like many other memories, of the vivacious actress had faded away. Mm. Really sad. Yeah, they like every hollywood landmark around here Mm -hmm. it's sold to a development company and then it's torn down and a condo is built over it or another mansion is built over it right yeah another mansion was built over it that makes me sad and i've researched and there haven't been any other claims or hauntings or strange going on around that area
2: wow Mm -hmm. i mean it seems like she was maybe so tied to that house mm-hmm. itself, which is like a little a characteristic, I think of like a normal haunting, mm-hmm. right? That's why ghosts can like be perceived as walking through walls or through floors. Exactly. Because they're traveling the path that they would have traveled in life. So if there were stairs where there's a wall now, they'll walk through the wall. Um, so I am surprised to hear that, but it seems like her energy was so tied into the house, making it pink. And yeah, so that is very interesting.
1: It could be her spirit. Uh, another thing that I researched too, when she was having this unusual relationship with LeVay,
0: mm. Um,
1: she invited LaVey, you know, as a PR move, because it was heavily recorded mm-hmm. with photographers and everything of this whole meeting, this oh, whole right, play date right. at her mansion. So one day she invites LaVey over, Sam Brody's there. No. LaVey comes in, there's photographers, but LaVey actually performed a ritual in her mansion. No. So Jane, you fool. Jane, you fool, exactly. So there could be a correlation with that. Mm -hmm. What type of ritual did he perform and what was left in that residue? You know what I mean? So I think maybe, you know, she was tied to that. And maybe that's why, you know, part of her energy is there. Because it's probably whatever was involved in that ritual kept her energy there. That could be another explanation as well. But something happened. He did something in that that mansion just for PR's sake.
2: He read a children's book. And lit a candle. Satan speaks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, guys. So this is the true crime and paranormal aftermath of Jane Mansfield, Hollywood's tragic blonde. Aww, I know. it's a sad one. Let us know what you think of the story, what you thought. If you had any personal experiences, if you ever visited her house, you know, up to 2002, mm-hmm. let us know. All right, guys. So uh, this is uh, going to segue us into... The drawing. the drawing now we got to do this drawing guys so this was pretty funny we barely got names uh-huh. for this drawing since feel, we were i feel we we're giving away a ouija board our listeners are like, nope, I'll pass on the demon, thanks.
2: <laughs> I bo- like smart listeners. Like
1: I said before, the boards are from our friends at Paranormal Hi. Supplies. Hi. guys. Tim is amazing. You can find them at ParanormalSupplies.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Paranormal Supplies. So If you are a paranormal nerd, enthusiast, or ghost hunter or have an interest in any of those mm. you know, concentrations, they have the tools accessories for you booze, so go check them out. Now, if you've been following us on social media, then you know that they made us our own Ouija board yes. with our logo, which was nice. Bryce was sweating with excitement when I showed <laughs> <laughs> They also gave us another board to give away. So um, they do such a great job, mm-hmm. and they also make custom Ouija boards, FYI. So we're going to pull the names from the small, small batch Ooh, right here.
0: The mighty few.
1: <laughs> we're gonna pull the name, and Bryce is you gonna do the honors right Ooh. here.
2: Okay. And the winner is <gasps> Jane Mansfield. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the winner is Nicole Byrd. Yay. Hey, girl.
1: Hey, girl. Hey. You got your uh, self your own Ouija
2: board yes it's so cute if i could look at it for longer than five seconds i would tell you how (laughs) cute it was
1: you know i will tell you guys this i i will tell you guys this you know i I know that in the beginning we Mm -hmm. talked about Ouija Mm -hmm. boards and how bad they are but after talking with one of the owners from the mystic museum in burbank you know they have a huge collection uh, of Ouija boards i think they have a total of 48 of them and Mm. (laughs) even a barbie Ouija board oh no but um you know, I was talking to him, and if you guys follow us on Instagram, I mm. did a live field trip to the Mystic Museum yes. when they had the goosebumps and tales from the crypt installation. But he said, you know, a Ouija board can be used for good if you know how to use it, and if you use it positively. It's like a chef using his knife, so you can create something beautiful, like a beautiful plate of food. Mm. But if you use them incorrectly, if you want to kill somebody, then they could, you know, that's a negative use. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so he was like, yeah, we use Ouija boards here, especially when we do seances here. Oh, wow but we know how to use it and we do it with all you know, light and positivity yes. and we know how to close it out correctly.
2: And mm-hmm. I said, you know,
1: you're right. You are right.
2: And I ran away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, Yay, Nicole. Nicole. I will be sending you your own personal Ouija board, girl.
0: Yes. Play it with
1: positivity and light. All right. So that also brings us to our spiritual base of the week, Whoop-whoop. guys. We have two. First off, we're gonna say hey girl hey hey boo hey to our spiritual Bay's twisted sisters podcast yes. it's a paranormal podcast about ghouls and girls put it together and you have the coolest girls around they are two sisters from the haunted town of tool utah that was featured on an episode of ghost adventures they're really sweet and they did a beautiful sketch of sharon tate from the fearless vampire killers because they were inspired by our first episode Aww. it was uh, th- talent talent right there girls talent
0: i
2: love it Show
1: them some modern love on Instagram and check them out, Twisted Sisters Podcast. Second is the Cabinet Podcast. Yes. It's a bi-weekly podcast that explores the creepy pastas, urban legends, and ghost stories throughout the history of video games, from the rise of the arcade to the modern console yes. of the Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, Atari, and Sega. Every episode, host Tim Gibson brings you a new, weird, or terrifying story based on actual events highlighted through a dramatic narrative. At the end, he'll analyze the truth around the tale using media reports and other sources. So check him out if you love ghosts and video games. Plus, the music on his podcast is 80s nostalgic. It truly makes me want to tech noir with him. Uh Sorry, that was a little thirsty. Tammy can't help it. So, also a big thank you to our listener, David Koo. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, David. He sent us some great info for this episode, and we just want to say hello and thank you. And thank we you so much. And we adore you, boo. Yeah. Thank you for listening and sending us that info. But here's another thing, guys. Before we go, I'm going to cut this music out right, real quick, all yeah. right? So, we just want to let you know that, that Bryce and I decided to surprise you with a mini-sode.
0: Yes
1: that will be in correlation with a live feed on our Instagrams starting on my birthday,
2: <laughs> Tammy. Ooh, deep, Happy birthday, Tammy. Deep breathing.
1: July 22nd, Yee. I'm thinking around 1230, 130 in the morning. Girl. Your girl Tammy is going to go out of town for 10 days to celebrate her birthday yes. in NOLA, AKA New Orleans, Nolens, Nolens, as a gift to herself.
2: Yes.
1: I decided to book a room at the Myrtle's Plantation. Price <laughs> is like shaking his
2: head. It's been really nice knowing you. I've really <laughs> enjoyed this time together. I'm going to miss you so much.
1: I'm a little I'm a little scared. I'm not only will I be staying at the Myrtle's Plantation, guys. I will be staying inside of the house. Oh. <laughs> I will be staying inside the William Winter's room, aka the voodoo room, no. aka the haunted Children's room. Stop. So here's the big announcement. Hollywear Paranormal does Myrtle's plantation. Yes. <laughs> Bryce will be staying in a church in LA praying for mm-hmm, me mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. afar, brewing his coffee with some holy water.
2: As I do. As you
1: always. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be staying the night at Myrtle's Plantation with a close friend of mine, my thunder buddy, Catherine Barona. Hey, boo. Hey, hey. Keep
0: her safe.
1: I know. My sister is <laughs> usually supposed to come with me, but she got some amazing news and um, my girl Catherine will be coming with me. So I um, I found out through this podcast, Paranormal Chicks. They're a southern podcast. Go check them out. They're really sweet girls. They're hey. awesome. That this is the room with the doll that moves from one section of the room to another.
0: No. <laughs> No.
1: But on the on the on their Instagram post I was looking at it, I was like, that room looks familiar. No. I went back to check my hotel reservation online and it's the same picture as like, oh crap, because it's also called the, the Fanny Winter.
0: Stop. <laughs> face I
2: hate dolls <laughs> so much. Oh my god.
1: Are you ready to hear about the bumps in the night that occur in this room? No. Oh, we love hearing you get freaked
2: out. <laughs> uh, yeah, great, because it's there, full on.
1: All right, guys, I'll be staying in this room. And the bumps in the night in this room that occur, there have been reports of guests hearing what sounds like children giggling and jumping on the bed. Oh, my God. Guests will wake up and notice that they have been tucked in bed. The sheets. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. If the sheets are at the foot of your bed or if they fall off your bed, The children would come in and tuck them in. Oh, God. That is
2: so creepy.
1: People have woken to the sheets being tucked up all the way to their chin. Like someone had tucked them in.
2: I also just hate having my feet tucked in. I hate not being able to get them out. So it's like multiple (laughs) layers of horror. Oh, my God.
1: There is a doll that is in there. That has been known to move around the move room. It, it will be, you know, it's usually stationed uh-huh. on the top of the mantle by the fireplace. It's always stationed there. It will move from like the opposite end of the room to the bed, to even like the nightstand. Oh my God. It's been recorded. This
2: is ridiculous. I know. I'm losing my mind. I know. I'm
1: so excited. Orbs have been seen floating all over the room shadow figures that look like two small children had been seen around the room so stay tuned july 21st 22nd between the hours of 1 a.m to two thirty, because i found out from the bed and breakfast manager mm. that they are active between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m no. like they're pretty they're pretty like the spirits here are very grounded they're very mm. they're very noticeable you know throughout the day sure. but they come out and play between the hours of midnight and three so we'll be doing a walkthrough of the property and then we'll follow up with a special edition miniisode or post-mortem of our experience spending the night in one of america's most haunted places yes. all i can say is this if i can survive the whaley oh house gosh. which i've done oh i've done God. that tour and our job then i can survive a night at myrtles if britney spears bryce
2: oh my favorite quote
1: it, let's say it together if, if Britney, Britney Spears, Spears can survive, can survive 2007, 2007 then I can survive Myrtle's Plantation yes you can right and if Bryce can survive the last 15 minutes of this podcast and season one of this podcast then I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that I, I can survive the Myrtle's Plantation
2: look all I'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> look listen here's the thing if you come back and your pupils are even the slightest bit dilated, (laughs) I'm just going to slap the hell out of you. Just do it. Be gone, Satan. No, in the name of Jesus. Like I'm going to throw my Starbucks at you. Real quick. It's going to be... Real
1: quickly, drink the Starbucks that I had them brew in Uh holy water. Do it. Do it.
2: Yep. It's going to (laughs) be... real aggressive so just like be
1: warned i am going to be bringing my saranite stones because yes, it's the smart. stone that is considered to be the ghostbuster stone it will protect you or anyone from negative energies nice. but um yeah i mean i've had or, i had an ordeal at the Whaley house that i will mention when we do that episode yes, eventually cool. i saw i saw a lot of things mm-hmm. i have documentation of things that had followed me around the house oh my god but um like I that mantra that we always say you know yeah. i acknowledge you i respect you please respect my space but i tell them look if you want to make communication with me you can do it just don't touch my hair
2: Ah, uh, that is the big one yeah don't
1: touch me yeah. <laughs> no me but the children okay. i'm a little worried about because kids don't tend to listen oh, so <laughs>
2: God, they really just are the worst i was
1: watching this youtube video of this family that went there and the girls right when they set foot on them on the plantation they were saying it felt like children tickling their ankles no
2: (laughs) no oh my god this is just ridiculous so guys
1: follow our social media let's have them follow us on our personal social media where can they find you bryce on instagram
2: uh my instagram is the smirking assassin
1: and i'm at supernaturally tammy with an i because I dropped the E because that's how Starbucks spells my name Uh-oh. <laughs> they always do they always drop the E but I'm super naturally Tammy so I'll be posting my tr- like my adventures of my NOLA trip I always do because I always go to NOLA for my birthday I gotta spend time with my family yes
2: beignets
1: beignets etouffee <laughs> yes my mint juleps my oh. abita beer my friends magazine street oh that sounds St. Charles <laughs> it is amazing so guys uh, catch us Next week, yes. with our little mini-sode, we'll do a, we'll, we're will we doing this post-mortem. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. going to do this. We're going to test it out. But I went on Instagram and was asking everyone, like, if you want this, we'll do cool. it. Because I know that our podcast is primarily Hollywood, but Hollywood can definitely extend past California.
2: Yes, it can. To the south. We're going to the south. We're
1: going to, well, yeah. We're going to try eventually to get Bryce to come with me.
2: I will go to, to
1: New every Orleans. To New Orleans, I'm going
2: to shop I'm gonna make in this the happen. entire city.
1: Might do a Patreon page. I love it, guys. That's let us hilarious. know if you want to do a Patreon to send Bryce to, N- to Nola next summer.
2: The problem is, <sighs> is that they're going to do that thing. They're going to be like, "Yeah, I'll give money, but he has to go in the ghost house." I'm like, oh,
1: guys, a ghost house, a no. ghost tour, a cave tour, oh, tunnel
2: tour. No. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> no, guys! I'm going to do. I'm going to do a post
2: about that. That is so I'm going to post a
1: poll on Instagram so you guys let us know. All right, guys. If you want to stalk us, please follow us um, at Hollywood Paranormal in Facebook and Instagram. We're at Hollywood Paranormal. If you'd like to send us a personal hello or send us another note, say what's up, have a ghost story of your own, send it our way to Hollywood Paranormal at gmail.com. We've had a couple of stories. Juanathan, you shared one.
2: I will never be the same. I really won't. If you guys haven't... uh, I think it's season one, episode 10. It is genuinely the most scared I've ever been. Yes. In, like, in the moment. Oh, yes. It freaked me out on such a core level.
1: Oh, my God, yes. So
2: thanks, Jonathan.
1: Yes, and thank you guys for leaving reviews on our Facebook. It's been
2: such a cool week.
1: It's been such a... Oh, my God, thank you. You guys have been so amazing. Mm -hmm. All of you have been really great. Thank you for, you know posting those reviews, giving us those five-star ratings. You know, rate us what you will. Rate us what you want, but Mm -hmm. we really do appreciate you guys making the effort to go rate us. Thank you so much. If you have Apple Podcasts, please give us a five, four-star review, whatever you feel, whatever you want, preferably five, and write write us a review because it really does help us indie podcasters become more visible. Not just us, but everyone else. We're all in this together, guys. We all like telling a story. And um, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can definitely catch us on Pod Bay, Blueberry.com, CastBox, and SoundCloud, and much, much more. Mm-hmm. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. All right, guys. Always remember to stay highly weird, friends. Yay. Yes. Bryce, do you have any words you want to uh, say?
0: Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go enjoy your permit, Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. i